Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Tomiwa Aladekomo. He's the CEO at Big Cabal Media. Tomiwa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Big Cabal Media is actually really innovative and cool. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. Okay. And uh, born and raised, went to high school, um, secondary school a little bit, like four hours out of north of Lagos. Uh, but I moved to the U.S. for university, and I went to Boston okay. University. I uh, did a degree in business administration with a focus on uh, finance and then and a minor in advertising. And then kind of started my career in sort of advertising and market research, made my way to New York. I uh, did a master's in anthropology, um, another diversion, and then kicked about in the media industry, ended up at Atlantic Records for about a year before wow. moving back to Nigeria in 2008. And again, I've kind of worked all along the media like just about every job you could think of in media uh, before I ended up at Big Cabal Media. Interesting. So what made you take the different things you took at university? Because it's quite diverse. So I started out uh, with a focus on finance. So management degree, uh, started out in finance. And in sophomore year, I got my first internship, my first paid internship. Okay. And I went and I worked for this asset management firm in Boston. I was making $15 an hour. It was amazing. <laughs> and at the end of the summer, I was like, nope, I am never doing that for a living because <laughs> I found it like deathly boring that whole summer. Um, and so I went back to school and I took a minor in advertising and promptly started interning uh, for advertising firms, none of which ever paid me $1. Okay. Uh, wise decision there, that transition. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I ended up in New York. I did a lot of market research. I was working for a really cool, small, innovative market research firm that would do stuff like Coke, you know, global research for absolute. And, um, a lot of the stuff, you know, sort of in account planning and advertising and in market research was like ethnography and like, kind of like market research rooted in anthropology. And so That's some nice. of the coolest people in advertising at that time had like degrees in advertising in anthropology. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get one of those. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up at Columbia. I did a master's in anthropology. And then I took that, put it on a shelf and went to work at Atlantic Records in the art department. Um, and never, ever used that degree for what it was. I got it. <laughs> so from a career planning perspective, I am a failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I think a lot of that stuff is probably relevant to what you do I mean, now. You, Just, some of the knowledge is lost. You do yeah. use you kind of keep using it and you find um you know value in a lot of the things you've learned, but you know, it's definitely not you know the most straightforward path. <laughs> no, fair enough. So I'm curious. What exactly is Big Cabal, Cabal Media and 
why did you decide to start it? So, um, interesting enough, I'm a CEO, not a founder. I joined Big Cabal in 2018. I took gotcha. over from the founding CEO. Okay. And um, Big Cabal essentially was founded on the idea that there are all of these important media niches um, that aren't filled, both in Nigeria and across Africa. Okay. And so, for instance, I've said about the fact that I used to work in North America. And so I'm quite familiar with, I, I used to work in advertising in North America. And so I'm quite familiar with what the media landscape looks like. And, you know, like I know, you know, beer advertisers are looking for 18 to 24 year old men. You know, if you're a dove, you're looking for women within this demographic, you know, right. you advertise sports, you're looking for, you know, you've got overtime, which is one kind of sports. You've got ESPN, which is a different kind of sports. You've got house of highlights. So like, you can split the demographics in any number of ways. People are creating media and content for really small niches, which can be really big businesses. And then we're in Africa and we're looking around and it's like, who's creating the cool digital content for 18 to 35 year olds? Uh, wow. Or who's creating really interesting sort of like content around this booming tech industry that's happening? And no one was. And so we started our first publication. It's called Tech Cabal. Okay. And Tech Cabal basically started to cover um, the tech ecosystem in Nigeria before there was really a tech ecosystem in Nigeria. I mean, there have been technology companies or IT companies, as they used to be called, for decades. Yeah. But kind of the modern tech industry, venture-funded, you know, young people right out of university experimenting and building, you know, um, startups in kind of a Silicon Valley mode are probably about eight, 10, so let's say 2014 onwards was about when that really, really kicked off this kind of new wave of startups. And right. uh, Bankole was my co-founder um, and who's actually partnering around my house at the moment, uh, uh, who was the co-founder. He just thought it was a really interesting scene, started to cover it. And then start to think about the idea, well, you can build a business around this and all the other empty niches. And so we found Shayi um, and brought him on as a co-founder to kind of handle the business on the product end. And they dreamed up a second publication called Zikoko, which is kind of BuzzFeed meets Refinery29 um, okay. with a local flavor mixed in. Um, and so by the time I joined in 2018, you know, they already had two publications that were doing quite well and were really well known. On the business end, they were kind of suffering from the burnout that, you know, founders do when they've been bootstrapping in a hard market with uh, not super sexy sort of products to start with. And right. um, I kind of took over the CEO role, like, because I'd done all of these crazy things and acquired all of this knowledge about how to run a business and how media worked. And um, yeah, so I took over in 2018 and um, we've kind of rebuilt and uh, built a really interesting business that is doing exciting things, you know. Fascinating. Okay, so yeah. I, I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper into that content creation side and how do you decide who to work with and, and what actually to put in the publications or to create this, this media because it's really challenging. Yeah, so media is super hard. Um, it's really interesting. It's definitely one of the more interesting spaces to create, you know, to be building in. 
but the business of it is super difficult and um, it is not for the faint of heart. So we started out Techerbal, um, and that was the first publication. And basically it covers the business, the human impact of technology across the continent. It is uh, one of the mo most important publications sort of covering that scene. And I guess in terms of content, the content is to a certain extent obvious. What are the most important startups? What are they doing? Why does it matter? Who are the players? Uh, we started out focused really tightly on startups. Over time, we've kind of broadened into looking at just tech as okay. um, as a and tech and innovation. And so we cover big tech companies. We cover big global platforms and the way they're playing in Africa. Um, what's been interesting as we've grown is you know to look at different distribution channels. So we've grown a really important newsletter. I, I will actually a, a series of really important newsletters. Um, we have. You know, later this year, we're actually next quarter, we're going to have a TV show, um, oh, which is going to cool. be our first sort of foray into a bit more traditional me media. Um, but we have, you know, a live event series, we have hybrid events. So we've built this sort of like octopus, which is we are going to tell you everything that matters in technology and what's interesting. And we're going to reach a broad audience and we're going to reach them wherever they are. So it might be a newsletter in your inbox every morning. It might be YouTube videos with the most in interesting, you know, founders or players within the ecosystem. Um, it might be on TV where we're going to reach kind of a bit more of a traditional audience. But, um, you know, that's been the interesting part is kind of figuring out, well, how do you monetize this? How do you grow your audience reach? How do you grow your influence as a publication? And then with something like Zococo, Zococo essentially aims to be, I mean, we say we are the culture, you know, so we are at the heart of what young people care about. And we cover all the stories that young people are passionate about that other people might not tell. Um, we do a lot of listicles and quizzes, so we're fun in that way. But we're also telling stories about like money, you know, like money diaries, um, real stories about relationships and sex in ways that few other publications do. Um, and again, there, I think we've differentiated ourselves by kind of this kind of cheeky tone, this sort of forthright honesty about things that other publications won't cover. And um, I mean, we're, we're, we're a bit of a provocateur in that space. You know, it's it's a young, hip, kind of edgy publication. And um, again, from my perspective, it's how do you build a business around that? So we get the great content people and we, you know, we do content that's really exciting for people. And then you got to figure out, well, how do you monetize that? How do you build a sustainable business around it? How do you build, you know, like a growing business around this? You know, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. what have you guys done to grow a business around that? Because like you mentioned, it's it's challenging or it can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are um, as a business, we have um, da, 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 we build our revenue around advertising, which is okay. in good year, only about 30 to 40 percent of our revenue. We have a creative studio, which does a pretty robust amount of work and is also a pretty big revenue stream for us. Um, we have events as a significant revenue stream. We're just building out merchandise as a new revenue line. And um, overall, we've basically started out with the premise that, look, you can use advertising as your bread and butter revenue stream, but it better not be what the business sort of like lives and dies on. And right. so... Our creative studio is a really hefty part of our business. We split it into two on the 
Zucoco side, we do video production, design, you know, content production for brands um, in a wide range of ways. On the tech of our side, we have sort of a consulting arm called TC Insights that does sort of like digital economy consulting stuff. We do data and research. Um, and essentially what it is, is monetizing the skills used to bring out, you know, your publication and to create content and using those same skills to serve clients. Um, it's probably not as sexy a side of the business, but it pays the bills. Long-term, kind of from a future perspective, we're also building a few sort of tech and content-driven products. So for instance, we launched something called Zikoko Memes in 2019, and okay. that's basically Giphy, but really focused on Africa. So really focused on sort of African content um, and Nollywood, which is Nigeria's movie industry, and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, and we're building out sort of, uh, we build an MVP that's done really well. Actually, it's 2020, not 2019. Um, and then this year we'll launch sort of a much more full featured version of that. So we're making a bet that even though we're a media company, there's a technology and content angle that can allow us to build things that scale. We've got communities that are passionate about us. Um, we've got a deep understanding of what the people we serve care about. And so we believe we can build products that you know matter for them. Yeah. Fascinating. No, I, it's actually interesting, just your business model from the sense that like you're, you're still doing kind of client work, but still chasing and, and building all this other, I maybe it's not as it, it, like sexier stuff or, or what you guys want to do, but, but you're doing a bit of both. And I think so many startups do that, but a lot of them will not talk about that. And I love the fact that you're open to talking about some of that stuff. Yeah, no, it's been um, super, it's been tough, I think. And we've had years where trying to do all of this has been quite a bit. We've also had years where the diversification of revenue has saved us. And that was pretty much our initial thesis was if you're entirely advertising dependent and in 2020 a global pandemic that nobody saw comes around and all of your advertisers decide hey for the next six months we're going to sit on our hands and not yeah. spend any money there better be something else kind of paying the bills and in our you know in our case that was kind of our technology consulting unit was doing some of the heavy lifting our content creation unit was doing some of the heavy lifting uh, and so that gave us some resilience. And I've always thought, you know, as a media business, you need to have resilience. Um, and I think playing in the space that we do, we are, you know, we're now, we're now venture backed. There's definitely the need to sort of drive sort of serious revenue outcomes, you know, serious growth outcomes. And that's meant for us, the technology was always going to be important you know, being able to build for our audiences was always going to be important. And so we are, I mean, we're working at it. We're passionately working at it. We study a lot of the models, both from the West and from sort of like the East in terms of American media companies and what they're doing, European media companies, what they're doing, Asian media companies and what they're doing. So, so platforms like, you know, uh, complex networks are really interesting to us you know they've done interesting things vox media with sort of their portfolio of brands are really interesting yeah. uh but then we then also borrow you know from i don't know there's uh 
you know, there are publications in Asia. There's a great technology publication called um, technology and business publication called the Can in India that you know is an inspiration for some of what it is that we do. So you're just always studying it and um, attempting to build the most robust and interesting business that you can. Yeah. Interesting. It's fascinating that you're taking examples from all parts of the world because I find sometimes as a founder or entrepreneur, we're so focused on our own country. And sometimes there's a lot of really good things happening in other parts of the world that we could leverage parts of it or inspiration from. And, and, and I'm glad that you're giving that advice and recommending that to the listener. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, so media is really interesting for me as a, as a, as a business lead. It's a really interesting space and yeah. I've been all up and down that space, but the longer I work in it, I, uh, I, and I think this does apply, actually this applies even within core technology businesses, you know, pure technology businesses, yeah. there really are a lot of interesting things happening globally. If you're yeah. in American sort of like VC, American tech industry, it definitely pays to kind of take a look at what's happening in China and what kind of models they're using in Southeast Asia in terms of developing. And you'll see that, I mean, if you see even what, you know, Facebook slash Meta has done over time, you know, there, there are times when you can see a clear influence where they're borrowing from what's happened elsewhere in the world. Um, if you look at the success of TikTok, it's kind of evidence that there are really powerful trends. There are really powerful businesses being built elsewhere. And some of those models, if you took a look at them, a, a hard enough look at them, it does lend you an advantage in your market that, you know, you're seeing things that other people aren't seeing just yet. So it's, it's yeah, that's useful. I, I think that's been really useful for us. Fascinating. The other thing that you mentioned a bit earlier that I want to dive a little bit deeper on is how you've obviously embraced all the current trends and and apps and and whatnot, but you're also embracing some of the older technology with you know some of the traditional media outlets. Why do you think that's so important to kind of bridge both? I think so. I, I always used to say you know like once upon a time if you're going to start a media if you're going to start a media business you're going to start a a, a newspaper, then you yeah. start a television station, then, you know, like, you know, at a time moved. And so today you start a digital media business, uh, but you have to be building for the future. What's really right. interesting about building in Africa is that the markets are simultaneously a bit behind, say, Western markets and in other right. ways ahead of them. And so there's an interesting adaptation process where you look at what's happening elsewhere. And if you want to build a business that succeeds, you think very hard about how to translate that for your audience. And right. so there's the opportunities to do things that nobody else has done because your audience uses technology in a different way or yeah. access content in a different way. But there's also the danger of copying things a little bit too exactly and creating things that have no value in your market. And so um, the the edge you create is by understanding what's happening elsewhere and translating it accurately for your market. And then I think as a third piece, matching it with a really effective business model. So that that's kind of like the, the three-headed sort of like monster that gets you to success is 
figure out what they're doing elsewhere that could be valuable, translate it effectively for your market, and then match it with a business model that really allows you to sort of like fly. Interesting. No, I, I agree with you. Then, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on like, obviously as somebody that's creating content like yourself and me, my thought has always been, I don't really care if it's old, new. I just want my content to air on, or be on as many platforms as possible. It yeah. sounds like you would agree with that, but you'd probably say you would tailor content to the different mediums or, or what is your thoughts around that? So you tailor it to the mediums. I mean, so if you've done that translation of your contents to all the mediums and all the platforms that are possible, you know that there's a bit of a, there's a capacity hit that it takes, you know, it's yeah. like every new social media channel requires a new investment of time and energy yeah. you know, to make it work. So you've got to decide for your market, what platforms give you the most return and then right. focus your energies on those. So, you know, if you're in North America and you're speaking to young people, you're not investing a lot of time in Facebook these days. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you are in Nigeria, there's probably still a decent size of the audience in there. And then you've got to do some selection and say, well, I'm a publication that's speaking to young, hip, urban audiences. Maybe I can afford to leave not focus as heavily on Facebook and spend more time on TikTok. Right. Uh, but if I'm going to be more mass market, Facebook's going to be important. And so there's, and you know this from a content strategy perspective, there's easy ways to kind of like drop the same content that you've created for Twitter onto Facebook and whatever it is. But right. you'll decide what are priority channels. And for a priority channel, you're going to make sure it looks good. It works really well in that channel. And for some other places, you're just like clicking the cross, you know, the cross post button, you know, like just, yeah, send it to that place as well. But I know that TikTok's where I'm going to make my bread and butter. So we're going to make that like extra special, you know, for example. Right. No, that's actually really good advice. So I'm curious for people out there that are looking to create content for their startup. How do you come up with ideas? Because they could be really challenging to be new and fresh all the time. I say a little bit like the old saying is like, you know, what you read is what you write. Um, I don't okay. know if that's actually how that sitting, saying goes, but I tend to be a huge consumer of content. And I, okay. as a team, we tend to be huge consumers of content. And we've got channels where we're just sharing the best stuff that we're seeing all the time. And so, and you want to be consuming from a pretty broad range. So, yep. you know, if you're an accountant, you're not just reading accounting, you know, uh, content all day, every day. You want to watch some anime and be inspired by that. You want to watch sports and, you know, figure out how to like communicate accounting things with sports metaphors. Um, and so, Essentially, we're consuming and we have a team. We hire for people who are media curious. You know, like one of the questions when we're hiring people is, you know, what do you read? What do you watch? What's your favorite Twitter account? What's your favorite YouTube channel, etc. So we try to have that curiosity. I've got it. You know, the founders of the business had it. Uh, our team leads have it. You're just always, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I borrow from the Don Draper sort of 
thesis, I, I read everything, you know, and my right. team will say this about me. Like I read everything, every newsletter, I, I'm on Instagram, like looking for the coolest accounts, you know, I'm trolling TikTok for what's interesting and constantly sharing it with the team. And so that there's always an idea and, you know, sometimes you're taking an idea and you're tweaking it, but sometimes you're creating entirely original stuff because, you know, you just got a wide range of ideas and references to borrow from in your head. So I'd say if you are looking to have more interesting content, you've got to be consuming really interesting content and, you know, kind of absorbing it and understanding what makes it compelling so that you can then translate that into what it is that you do. Sure. No, that, that I think that's actually really good advice because I, I get asked that sometimes it's like, well, it's, it's challenging. Right. And I yeah. think you gave a lot of good advice. It's like, well, you got to consume lots on lots of different channels, especially the channels that you're most popular. Like if your content works the best on TikTok, well, then you better be researching TikTok and what's working good on. Like, yeah. TikTok. We're the best. We're creating the best content on TikTok. Why is it so good? You know, like, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. So yeah. I'm curious to talk a little bit about what you see happening in Africa, because I've been trying to do more shows from people from different parts of the world. And I am shocked by how much really cool innovation and startups and companies and entrepreneurs that are in Africa doing some really, really cool stuff. And it's sad that they're not getting as much coverage kind of globally, or, or is that an incorrect statement? Or what are your thoughts around that? I think there's a big part of the investment community that's very, very aware of what's happening in Africa. And that's sort of sending increasing amounts of money uh, to okay. Africa and all kinds of startups. I don't think there is a lot of broad range coverage of okay. the continent, but that's also, I mean, that's, a bit of a feature of coverage of Africa in general. Um, and I'd say one of the things that Tech Cabal aims to do is to break is to break through. So um, I talked about our newsletter and that's read in about 30 different countries. It's yeah. read by investors um, in Asia, in Silicon Valley, across Africa, across Europe. Um, you should subscribe to it. Um, it's called the TC Daily, techcabal.com. Um, you should definitely go and subscribe to that. I think that would give you access to a range of interesting uh, startups doing all kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I think coverage of the continent so far has been primarily focused at investor audiences. And okay. as we grow bigger and more influential startups, which are increasing playing on a global basis rather than just on Africa, yeah. then I think coverage will continue to improve. And I think as media organizations like ours, to be specific, media organizations that are us grow our global footprint, we will bring more of this to you and your audiences wherever they are. No, I, I think that's really great. So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts and maybe some advice around how do you or what advice do you give to companies looking to promote themselves outside of their own area or, or country? Because you guys seem to have done that very well. So, okay. So creating a content strategy is an interesting challenge for a lot of businesses. You did talk about sort of the difficulty of coming up with ideas 
Yeah. Um, it does require dedicating some resource to someone to create content. Um, but I think creating content that speaks to the needs of the audiences in various places is okay. a way to sort of broaden your reach. Um, and so, yeah, you're based in, you know, Edmonton and that's where your primary audience has been. But if there's a product and you believe like, look, there's a reason for people in New York to be using this product, then you might want to create some content that, you know, has some appeal to a New York audience or that features stories of New York people using your product. Um, and then figure out what's the distribution that's going to help that cut through. Um, I have to say the best people do use social in incredible ways. Um, if you, I mean, TikTok is just literally incredible what it's done for some businesses. If you are able to sort of tap into a vein of content that people respond to, you can really sort of drive crazy reach, you know, beyond where it is that you are. You can chase the press. I think there's definitely something to be said with sort of engaging with the press, but the press love a sexy story. And so you gotta figure right. out how to make yourself sexy. Um, and that's either because you're doing something that's just so totally awe-inspiring or mind-blowing, or you craft a story around it that people find compelling and want to share. And usually the cheapest or you know, the most the ways to get that out most consistently are through social. You might have to do some paid promotion. Um, I do find newsletters, I love newsletters as a distribution channel, even though there's a there's an overabundance of them these days, but they can still be a very, very effective distribution channel if you get it right. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting you bring up email because email has been plagued as dead for so long, but I know so many people like yourself that say that is still one of their most effective channels. And I think um, I, I still get daily newsletters from a few local places, a few companies through like, and I still think, and I totally agree with you, that having that is still potentially really good, arguably maybe one of the best th ways to promote your company. I think it's been, there's been a resurgence over the last few years. Sure. And I think it's a really potent medium because it's one of those things where you've, you've been invited into people's inbox. You know, they have yeah. volunteers that come in every day. And I mean, if your newsletter sucks, like people are going to unsubscribe right quick. They're going to bounce it, you know. We work on the TC daily and we like we workshopped it to death in terms of making sure the tone is compelling. You know, we have this great writer who does amazing puns on a regular basis. We've taken inspiration from some of the best newsletters, whether it's the Morning Brew, uh, or like I said, the Ken, or just a range of different newsletters that we think are doing incredible work and try to build something that's really compelling. And um I think it's a really effective medium in that if you can build something compelling, people are happy to sort of receive it from you, whether it's once a week, whether it's, you know, once a day, you know, even if it's once a month, people are happy to see your, to see it and they will share it. Um, there was a great article about really geeky newsletters where it's things like agricultural produce and yeah. really technical geeky stuff about agricultural produce. But the people who care about this are like, this is amazing. Where have you been all my life? I love this newsletter. I'm going to share it with everybody else I know in this industry. And if you happen to be the one who's built that newsletter, or if you're promoting your product in that newsletter, that's a home, that's a home run. So from a content creation strategy, it's just, it can't be dry. It can't be, 
it's got to be engaging. Someone's got to think this is great content. If you can work that out, then newsletter is our goal. Sure. What about your thoughts on like length? Should it just be kind of bullet points and, and quick to the point and then I link to a longer story? On, I, Go I've ahead. seen all kinds of formats work. You okay. Know, I get, so, I mean, speaking of geeky newsletters, I get this really, really geeky um, investment newsletter. Uh, a guy named Vitaly. Yeah. Golem? Uh, no, Vitaly oh. Katz Nelson. Okay. And it is super geeky. He writes like long form articles with like classical allusions and like, but it's really compelling, you know, okay. um, he's it's contrarianedge.com. And so it's like a contrarian view on investing, but you've got like our newsletter where we've got like memes on a daily basis and we're writing puns all the time. And we write a really funny intro, like welcome to the day, you know, here's your laugh to wake you up in the morning. <laughs> so I think a bunch of different. Awesome. A bunch of different formats can work depending on the audience that you're speaking with. And I think Got you. like anything, it's about knowing your audience, finding it's like, you know, it's like a comedian trying to find your pocket. And this is what people respond to. And then we're doing more of what it is that people respond to. I will say it takes some work. Like there definitely was a lot of workshopping. This is what people find compelling and then right. sending it out and going, we can see what's working, what's not working. Let's be ruthless and cut out some of what's not working and do a bit more of what's working. And then over time, you kind of build an audience that's like, this is awesome, this is amazing. Yeah. No, that's actually really good advice. And I love how you said it's trial and error because so many people think they're gonna launch a newsletter and you know, they're gonna get a thousand people signed up. It's like, well, it could take months to get to that point. And you're constantly tweaking and seeing what articles are are clicked on or not clicked on and try some gifts try without gifts like there's a bunch of stuff right yeah yeah no that's i mean yeah it's constant experimentation it is and i think you have to enjoy that you know that's yeah. part of it it's because it's it's easy to it's easy to go this isn't working get frustrated with it uh, but i think the place you find the magic is where you're able to stick with it and you know um, start to enjoy the process and start to enjoy figuring out what it is that people are responding to. Um, yeah, and it, it only takes finding that thing that excites people for it to continue to excite you. You know, um, there's a bit of finding a bit of success, you know, pushes you to do more. Yeah, if that yeah, makes any sense. No, that makes 100% sense. I, I think. Once you get a little bit of success doing something, it, it's almost like an addiction and you kind of want more of it, right? And you keep kind of yep. chasing that and it can be hard, right? Yep. But keep going, sorry. Yep. Yeah, it's a tonic, you know? Gamify your work. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, that's really good advice. But we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but is there anything else that you want to mention that we haven't covered yet today? Uh... Nothing super major. I think experimentation, super key, finding your audiences, finding things that people respond to. It's the same thing in building the right technology product. It's the same thing in building a media property that works is find the thing that a few people are passionate about, figure out what makes them passionate about it, build on it. And, you know, eventually you can build something pretty substantial. 
No, I, I think that's really good advice. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, the the company Hi. and the publications? Fantastic. So for me, my name is Tamiwa. I am on Twitter as I am Tamiwa. So it's I-A-M-T-O-M-I-W-A. I am on LinkedIn. I am, I'd say those are probably the two best ways to, to find me, Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, Big Cabal Media is at bigcabal.com. That's just B-I-G-C-A-B-A-L.com. And our two publications are Tech Cabal and Zococo. So Tech Cabal is T-C-H-B-C-A-B-A-L, techcabal.com. And Zococo is Z-I-K-O-K-O.com. And we're on social media, you know, relatively easy to find with both Tech Cabal and Zococo across most of the major platforms. Perfect, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. All right, then. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.